Welcome to Stuck at Home with Cliff Dorfman and Jason Smith. Here are your hosts, Jason Smith and Cliff Dorfman. Huzzah! Welcome. New episode of Stuck at Home with me, Cliff Dorfman, and uh, this me. guy. The guy with all the wizard beard, but none of the wizard magic. <laughs> That's a good one, by the way, Jason Smith. <laughs> Where's the a good one? I'm excited. I got so much magic hands that I'm knocking my my uh, my microphone around. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We're the we're the pod that tells you all about shows we love and we want you to love. Yes, we'll tell you all about the streaming wars, what to stream, and where to stream it. Up, all right. So Clifford. Yeah. Clifford. Yeah. I feel like that your magic name would be Clifford. Uh, it would Clifford the Great. Clifford, Clifford the Grand. Yeah. Uh, what are you stuck at home watching today? Uh, well, I've been stuck at home re-watching every season and episode of Magic for Humans. Magic for Humans. Yes, and and I've been watching the uh, one, I got very special privilege to watch the last Zoom he did, the Magic for Humans on uh-huh. Zoom, Justin Wilman. I mean, this is, this is... Uh- <laughs> Let's let's start talking. It's Go. my comfort food. I I, I get through these I get through these seasons so fast. That's the only problem I have with them is like I'll get through them so fast and then I want to watch them again. And my family will be like, Jason, you can't just sit in your room and watch the magic show all day. Um, like, but I can. I, I can I can I absolutely can and I can rewind them <laughs> and I can watch watch uh, watch all the different pieces. Um, I uh, I had the uh, the privilege of talking to you, one of Justin's uh, exec producers. Uh, a couple years ago when the, the first season came out and I was like, is this all really? He's like, yeah, listen, every reaction on there is real. All this stuff, magic is really happening. They're, they're doing all this stuff live. And I'm like, that's the life. That's the yeah, life. But if you had any doubt, if you had any doubt, now you see the zoom thing, Watch you buy a ticket zoom. for the zoom Absolutely. and it is through the roof. There's no, you can't, you can, you can pause it. And, and he's got only the cameras he's got. Yeah. It's insane. There's no bullshit in this whatsoever. Go ahead. What do you got? Do you, uh, I've only been in one fist fight in my life and it was in the first grade and it was over mm-hmm. magic. It was over magic. Really? What happened? Yes. Um, well, all that happened was real simple. Um, I went one day, I had like one of those junior magic kits. You get like a play school, my first magic kit, like when I was in the first grade and I brought mm-hmm. it to school and I did all the tricks because they're all, they're not sleight of hand or anything. They're basically just like all foam balls and you push them into these little compartments and move stuff around. Um, and I brought a, deck of cards one day to school and they were like uh they were specific like go fish cards um not magic cards and i couldn't do any oh. magic tricks anyway and he asked me to do a magic trick and i said i couldn't mm-hmm. and he said no do a magic trick and i said i couldn't and he knocked my cards out of the way and that's the last thing you do you never mess with the magician's cards then i had yep. to fight that's the, fr- the only time i've ever gotten detention the only time i've actually fought back with another uh Human. human that wasn't like a family fighting for humans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But over magic has always, I've always loved it. And I've always, uh, yeah. Wait, the caveat All, was that wasn't family. That wasn't family. Yeah. Fight yeah magic fam- for family. Yeah, I think fight, would be a far different show. I'll fight, I'll fight my cousin Jeremy all day. Okay. Well, by the way, Dan, thank you. He said, great recommendations. You love the Queen's Gambit. If you love the Queen's Gambit, or series, totally different, but watch Magic for Humans if you haven't seen it. I'm not just saying this because Justin's here, which by the way, I have not been this excited. This is one of the top two, wait, top two magicians for me. Yeah. This guy and David Blaine. Yeah. Everyone else, and I've seen so many. I'm Vegas yeah. nonstop all the time. This guy Blaine, not Chris. What's in mind? Fuck. None of those guys. And by the way, all due respect, I love the shows. I've seen them. I bought the kits. This guy and David Blaine, Justin Wellman, and James, and uh, that's it. That's it for me. Well, you know, we've we've what? we've talked him up enough, and now he has to live up to these expectations. He never seems ready to bring him on. I, I, know, I mean, I know. are we good to go? Can we do yeah, this already? Because I'm very excited. Let's right. do it. So, without any <laughs> further ado, from his special on Netflix, Magic for Humans, there. On now, watch all the seasons. Yeah, and but his more new- importantly, yes, go Magic for Humans at Home, which yes. is uh, which is out there. We we'll, we have links in the uh, in the invite, and we'll have it in all the comments, so you can go to that too. And Jason usually runs it across the crawl. You buy a ticket, and you got to see this thing. He's interacting with everybody. He's got like seven, eight hundred families from all over the world on this thing, and he's doing magic to him. So, without right. any further ado, my favorite magician in the world, ladies and gentlemen, Justin Wellman. Yes, yeah. What's up? I dropped something. 
That wasn't supposed to be magic. I was picking some stuff up. I never yeah, believed that was you. the nicest introduction I've ever I've ever heard. Really? I'm flat. Yeah, I'm flattered. I want I want to meet this guy. I'm like <laughs> I, I I can't believe it. No, it's true. When you make somebody yeah, happy, I, you you get a special bond with them. Yeah, that's yeah. I think you're right. I think uh, you know we tried to make a show that people connect with and that it can be their happy place. You know, at the same time. So I feel like you kind of you know you're like hugging their heart when they watch. What so you do is not. what Pixar does. It's it's the yeah, parents right. and the kids. Yeah, that's but true. But either can exactly. watch by themselves. Exactly. Exactly. Right? You can take that. I'll take it. I'm going to write that down. <laughs> yeah, you can write that down somewhere. I'm, I'll find that pen on the floor somewhere. Listen, I, I get, where are you from, Justin, originally? St. Louis. St. Louis. St. Louis. Missouri. Missouri. Wow. How'd you like yeah, that? Did you know with the Sklar's much? Did you run into many? Uh, I didn't run into them in St. Louis, but I've run, I've run <laughs> in the same circles as them. Those are good dudes. They are good dudes. Love good them. friends. Good dudes. I didn't know they were from St. Louis. All right. So. Jason just pops in. Hey, I got something to say. And then poof, he's gone. That's how we roll. That's here. my magic. My magic is only having <laughs> enough to say that uh, I can there get out is. of it quick. <laughs> it's because he has a beard, the wizard beard. He can do that. I love it. Hard so you grew up. He does have the wizard beard. You're not wrong. Yeah. All right. So wait, growing up in St. Louis, I want to know, because you, you touch upon it briefly and you show us photos and stuff of you as a kid, but I want to know like when and how does this magic start and who was your mentor? Like who really oh. brought you into the fold, the secret society? Well, so I broke my arms when I was 12. I was riding my bike while wearing rollerblades. I was going to ask you about that. Time, was it a kid later. triathlon? What's going on there? I don't know. I thought I was, I thought it was cool. And it was cool for a little while. It was cool, cool when it worked and then, until it didn't. And I was in cast for six months. I had to have my arms rebroken and all this stuff and pins. And all this time I was in the children's hospital in St. Louis, I had this magician who would come through and uh, he would do shows every week and I would look forward to it. And my doctor one day was like, you know, you should maybe learn magic as physical therapy. You'll get your dexterity back, be a cool hobby. So I did. And, and then that magician became my mentor. His name was Dr. Magic. Mm. He was not a doctor. It was just a stage name. And he had a wizard beard, very much like Jason's. Mm. And he um, kind of took me under his wing. I also go by Dr. Magic, but not for magic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not for doctoring or magic. It's, it's what you think it is. So you made it better, and, Jason. Yeah. So he took me under his wing. I started doing like kids' birthday parties and, you know, kind of was loved the magic side of things, but also attracted to the entrepreneurial side of things. You know, like, oh, people will pay me for this. I can have business cards when I'm 14. This is cool. I got a briefcase and a suit. <laughs> I was like hyped up on every aspect of it. And the entrepreneurial part's what lit my parents up. My dad, you know, was very kind of fiscally minded. So he liked Same the magic. Here. He really liked the magic because I was able to, you know, support myself with it. Yeah, you can actually, he can see it. It's, it's, it's not a pipe dream. Oh, you go to parties, you get paid. It's a living. Exactly. He's like, the money is changing hands. I can support this. Right. You learn to trade. It's like, dad, it's not a trade. It's not a trade. <laughs> it's, it's an, an art. art. It's an art. But I, I, I emphasize the trade parts of it to attract him. He, yeah, he also, loved the magic. He didn't want to know how anything worked. He, he, he like hated knowing how anything works. He, he would walk into my magic basement, like with his eyes shut, be like, it's time for dinner. I don't want to see anything. <laughs> Um, but he, uh, yeah, he, he was, he, they were mom and dad, both very supportive. Listen, and, and before we dive too deep in, I just want to ask you, what's with the J's, man? You got Justin, you got Jillian, you got Jackson. By the way, how are Jillian and Jackson? They're Everyone's good. good. All right. Just ask. They're, they're around here somewhere. Okay. Whenever I'm like doing a thing when, uh, like, you know, cause everything happens in the house now. It's like, Hey guys, stay off the Wi-Fi and stay quiet. So everyone just goes, I don't know where they are. They're just somewhere reading a book quiet. You get your four-year-old to be quiet? That's a magic trick. Two and no, you'll you'll hear them pass by like a tornado probably at some point here. <laughs> okay, so you got the Jays right. So you meet your, you meet your soulmate, and it just happens to be a Jay. But then you have a kid. That's purposeful. Now you're like, no, we're naming him Jackson. So is there any reason behind this, or just coincidence? It kind of I don't. It kind of wasn't purposeful either. I just like the name Jackson. Jill loved the name Jackson. And I mean, it's not this, just the J's, but my wife goes by Jill and we call Jackson Jack. So it's Jack and Jill, but not by accident. I mean, not on purpose. Total. Just that's, that's, that's what it is. This is the kind of insights I'm looking for, man. This is yeah. what I mean. You're a human and you do magic. Now, exactly. You got, you're, you're very into, you know, so there's different kinds of magic, right? And, and when we talk about magic being an art and, and you'll forgive me, but I want to do a little bit of a 
deep dive into this. Why do you, I know why I think it's an art, but for you, what makes it an art? What's the difference between doing a card trick and an illusion and using energy? Mm. Well, well, what's, what's tricky is that like, it's, it's magic is an art, but sometimes it, it's presented not in an artful way. It's presented like in a puzzle. It's like a puzzle or like a, you know, a little brain teaser. Like that's magic at its most watered down form. And it's still cool, you know, mm. but I feel like a lot of people see that first, you know, or they see it as little kids entertainment type of thing. But when it's elevated to an art, like people like Blaine, Penn and Teller and, you know, like Darren Brown and, and, you know, and I try to aspire to that at times. Like, I feel like it, it has the ability to like spark wonder and the imagination, just like a good movie and a good song, you know, like, yeah. and I certainly didn't, I, I was not, I, I tried to, like when I was first starting out, like I definitely wasn't an artist. I was like mimicking magicians who I looked up to, like Lance Burton. I was obsessed with him. I idolized him as a kid. I don't okay. know if you ever saw Lance Burton. I did. And the Doves. And he was just, he was like this, the quintessential magician. Sort and of just OG. flawless artist. Exactly. So, um, but then it wasn't until, you know, I'd been doing magic for like 20 years until I was like, oh yeah, I can, I don't have to like mimic these guys. I can kind of just come up with my own rhythm. And then I think that's when the real, the real work starts. Well, that's, thank you for saying that because the next question I was going to ask you was how, like, I know when I'm writing, how I'll get an idea or whatever, but how do you turn that into a trick? How do you start developing tricks? I could write a joke, I could write a script, but to, to it, it's a physical, tangible thing and it's a mental thing. So how does this process work for you? Mm. Well, I mean, it's Weren't never the that. same way for any, any, any two tricks, but like, mm -hmm. let's, what, what's, what's one of your favorites from the show? And I can maybe talk you through the process behind it. Oh God. Okay. Um, I think the one that stands out to me the most is, uh, aside from every time you levitate with the hose or anything you do, is yeah. the balloon with the cell phone. Oh, yeah. Okay. So that <laughs> came from the, I, I mean, that came from like initially just like getting a kick out of the stupid pun mm -hmm. of, you know, backing someone's phone up or sinking it to the cloud. And I was like, <laughs> wouldn't it be fun if you synced it to the cloud by like sending it off in balloons, but then don't worry, I backed it up and it stuck to your back. So like that almost wrote itself in terms of the, here's the trick that I want to see happen. The hard part was figuring out how to make it happen, you know, in one shot without cutting. But I think the best tricks are ones that start with, here's the goal. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but this would be really great. And then you figure out how to do it. And that's like the, the fun, hard, nitty gritty part with your magic team. But those are, those are often the best ones. Team. You have a magic team. Ooh, I got a magic team. What, is that, what does that consist of? Tell us. I love this. Okay. So this is great. when we're writing a new season of the show, we start even before the magic team comes in. You know, I've got like the writer's room, which is comprised of like four or five kind of comedy writers who do not know magic. Mm -hmm. Plus me, plus one other magician who's kind of like my head of magic, who's also very funny. And we kind of come up with, you know, the goal, the, 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 the perfect uh, scenario for themes and episodes and what tricks would serve those themes. And well, then you basically, got, sorry like, to interrupt, Justin, yeah. but are you basing it on like, okay, I figured out how to put the cell phone on my back while I appear to put it up in a balloon. And now let's figure out how we write the theme and everything else for the trick. Or are you saying, let's come up with everything and maybe I'll let's figure out how to do the trick. Anything is possible. Like blank, <sighs> blank slate. You can do anything. You know, like let's uh, let's recreate the Stanford Marshmallow experiment, but let's somehow make it magic and try to prove an, some new point. You know, like no no methods. You know, how do we do that? Is discussed in that first part. It's just all anything is possible. And then we've got this you know amazing you know season uh, written, and then it's like how the hell do we pull this off? And then it's the magic team, which is kind of like. You know, there's the nice side of the uh, the offices where we do the writer's room and there's LaCroix <laughs> and the fridge and the AC works. And then there's like yep. across the street, the dingy warehouse that's just like dirty and there's exposed bulbs and, you know, uh, you know, lukewarm Costco water. That's like where the, the real work happens. And it's like uh, six to ten magicians, men and women, many of which I've known for like most of my life because it's mm -hmm. magic's like a small world, like we came up in the magic world together. And you've got like a, kind of like, kind of like the Avengers, because everybody's got their own little niche. So like 
one guy might be really good with paper. If it involves paper, cardboard, anything flat and two-dimensional, this guy, he's a wizard, okay? And then there's somebody else who's like expertise is maybe big stuff, big, like if you, like if I'm going to do the power washer levitation, like this guy's got experience with stage illusions. We can figure out a way to adapt stage illusion methodology to the street. Another guy might be just really good with, you know, uh, small objects. What is it? Mm -hmm. It's got a a Rubik's cube or it's a, you know, shoebox. you know, so everybody's got their strengths and we kind of come together and come up with, uh, Sometimes you have to compromise, you know, like, okay, well, this was written, this is impossible, but let's get the same thing accomplished with this instead, you know? And then by the end of the writing period, uh, the magic writing period, you've kind of got what you're going to head out into the world and shoot. You see, this is fascinating to me much more. I mean, listen, I I keep seeing you that you're the prestige. So just you're the prestige. Let's just move on. But that's why I keep seeing it like the trick with the blueprints and being built. But there there is this side and these are the way you make the blueprints, right? And, And you have to do this. Otherwise, no show, no magic. Exactly. And it is a little bit, um, I mean, the prestige elements of kind of wanting to get to the trick before somebody else does, you know, like when there's some really, really great idea, you know, you you very well might not be the only one who thought of that idea to do a, a, you know, to levitate with power washers, but... Oh, there's Jackson. Uh, but, but it's about who's the first one to pull it off out in the real world and make it look good, you know? So you are kind of, yes. you know, a little secretive. A little, there's a race, you know, mm-hmm. it's kind of competitive, but but friendly because it's a small little world. It's, it's it is friendly? It's, it's friendly, yeah. Okay. I, I mean, because only with these mag- the Magic team, like, there's only, you know, like 20 to 30 people who actually have that skill set in the world, you know, who are kind of the go-to's. Yeah. So they kind of spread their, they kind of, you know, they, they've, they've got a limited number of places where they can get employed for their brain uh, specialty. Yes. So yeah. and this, <laughs> this is one of them. Now, one of the things I love, and I know we are going to focus more on, you know, Magic for Humans uh, on, on Zoom, but I want to just ask you about in the last season, one of the things you, you, it seemed thematic to me was the idea of the word, the power of the word and the power of the mind and used a lot of this stuff. Now, do you find that with your tricks that that is something that you like to lean more into or away from, you know, as far as using that energy? Mm, I think... I've been attracted to that more lately because I think, uh, I think, you know, uh, specifically, for example, like the bit I did with the influencers, you know, where you're trying to kind of like subliminally influence them, which is inspired by a Darren Brown bit, who's a genius and a hero of mine. Uh, I feel like that stuff is really timely these days. Like it's on the tip of everyone's mind already because we're, we feel very vulnerable to, technology and the government and our phones listening to us and like someone making us do the things that we're doing. So it's fun to kind of do a trick where whether or not that's really what's happening or not, making it feel like that illusion is real is, is, is exciting to people, you know, like mentalism, you know, stuff that happens in your head where, cause it could be possible, you know, like it's a little more real, real than, you know, just making an elephant appear from nowhere. Cause you know, that elephant be somewhere but like plucking a thought from your head you're kind of like maybe he is maybe he is on a different energy wavelength you know yeah that's exactly right. I mean, so did you, so, so in all this now, did you read any books that were like, you know, Sol, the lesser key of Solomon and Goetia or any of the Kabbalion or anything that talks about, you know, manipulating a moving energy as it exists in the physics, in the physics realm? I did not. Okay, you sound interesting. Sound smart and uh, and no, I don't want you to sound smart. Dabbled a little bit. I dabbled in this, but I I haven't. Like I've (laughs) nerded out so heavily in in magic, and you know, in magic you kind of get a crash course for all these, especially like psychology, like all the different psychological elements that magicians employ to you know to fool your brain, you know, to deceive you for your pleasure, you know, is uh, is fun kind of next level fodder. No. I've been trying to like, like put off asking this, but are you going to do any magic for me? Cause this is like the best thing that's ever happened to me <laughs> that I'm sitting here talking to you right now. I'm doing so- stuff, um, you know, cause, cause I'm here and you're there, but mm-hmm. you know, like perspective is, is a fun thing. Cause I'm, I hold an AirPod far away. Like it looks like it gets super tiny, you know, mm-hmm. but if I hold it up like right next to the camera, like it looks like it gets huge. Now that's not like, it's not, that's not technically magic per se, but it's, it's a fun little illusion. Cause you're, you, I was watching the earpod the whole time. It did not turn. I did not see that. it turn huge. It turned huge for anyone who's not watching this. It I can do something for you and Jason here. 
Please. Yes, Jason, Jason come. come here. We've been dying. Yeah, oh, God. I got I this said, luggage yes. bag. This was a gift from my... Uh, Ready? This is a gift from my dad. I turned 40 in July, and this is a gift my dad, uh, in the middle of a pandemic, got me luggage tags. A gift I can't even use. Not <laughs> we, we, we lost half our sponsors because half our sponsors were luggage uh, when oh, COVID really? started. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Away. I feel like away your dad and my dad. Away. Yeah, exactly. They, away went away. But you and uh, my dad know each other. Don't I think they shop at the same places, same bargains. Well, my, this was, I think, a thrift store find because it was it was used. But but my wife and I, it kind of did inspire a conversation. My wife and I have been talking about where we want to take a vacation to when we can. And we realized, like, just like sitting up in bed and like looking through Zillow and like dreaming about living in a certain place, just like it, planning a vacation. You don't even need to take it. It's kind of a vacation to plan a vacation. So let's plan a vacation right now, Jason, Cliff. Jason, where do you want to go? Where are we going? We're going to Puerto Vallarta. Puerto Vallarta. Okay. Yeah. Is that what you would have said, Cliff? No. What would you have said? <laughs> I would have uh, I would have said Monte Carlo. Okay. Fair enough. Well, I should have asked you then. But uh, Jason, Jason gets what he wants. We're going to Puerto Vallarta. That's usually uh, how it goes. Who do you, who do, what airline do you want to take? In fact, invent an airline. Cliff, you get to invent an airline that's never existed before right now for our uh, trip to Puerto Vallarta. Epistemology Airlines. Epistemology. Well, well, nice. Is that a reference to the rubber arm experiment? It is. I, I dropped a line in there. I said I'm a professor of pseudopistemology, which yes. is a study of things it's, that aren't. It's philosophy. Real. You're you're a fake philosopher. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I a loved it. I'm going to use it. So epistemology <laughs> airlines and uh, Jason. Yes. We have a plus one. We can take. We can take somebody else. Maybe the most fascinating person you can imagine sitting in a middle seat next to on a flight to Mexico. It could be living, dead, fictitious. Who do you want to take? I want to take Dave Mustaine, the lead singer from uh, Megadeth. Dave Mustaine. Okay. Is he a buddy? make it easy. What? Is he a buddy? Oh, no. I have no idea. I've never met him in my life. No. You would love for him to be a buddy, though. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And to see him in his, uh, his Speedos on the beach in Puerto Rico. <laughs> absolutely. Rare. Couldn't, I couldn't think of anybody to, more. How fun is it just to plan this vacation right now? That's super to fun. To, to go to Puerto Vallarta with Dave Mustaine on epist, uh, epistemology airlines. <laughs> and uh, if we took this trip, it might be a disappointment, but I'm glad we're actually planning it. <laughs> we're going to try. I'm, I mean, if you're going to take the lead singer of uh, Megadeth anywhere, it's Mexico. That's what my dad's luggage tag inspired in us. By the way, he didn't mention it was used before. I had to call him out on it because there was uh, somebody else's uh, information in here. Check out who, uh, whose luggage tag this was before he gave it to me. You got your glasses on? I'll hold it real close. Yeah. You can see right. it. It was <laughs> David Staines. He used it on a flight aboard... Epistemology Airline. <laughs> and then to Monte Carlo. Oh, that's amazing. Oh, my God. Oh. That's... <laughs> I, I can't. Those are the ones that always impress me the no. most. Oh, what? That's fun. See, that's, that's the, the, fun. the mental stuff, getting in your head. That's what I'm talking about. That's what, I, how, like, that's what I'm saying. I didn't see one person pass there. How the hell would he know that, Jason? It never made sense until now. I'm glad you guys cleared this up for me. <laughs> well, that, even, the, even the things that we chose were super random. And yeah. I don't know about you. you don't think everybody says Dave Mustaine. Come on. I, I, I feel like that was the first time anybody's ever said Dave Mustaine out loud in like 10 years, at least. <laughs> <laughs> that was. Oh my God! First of all, thank you. That's insane, and that's the yeah. mental stuff. I mean, that's the, how. How? Okay, I know you're not going to tell me. And by the way, I don't want to know. I really don't. I'm like your dad. I have no want at all to know any way you guys do this. I respect that. I like that. Yeah, because I, it's look. It's the same thing. If I go into, and I'm not comparing in any way. I'm just saying one is one, one is the other. If I go to a strip club or I go to a magic show, I want to be fooled. I want to be deceived. Yeah. I want to spend my money and a lot of it to be deceived because it's one of the best feelings and magic I'm talking about now. Right. Magic <laughs> is one of the best feelings that I, since a kid, really, I mean, because I, I was a big nerd. Okay, so you talk a little in this uh, about uh, growing up being a magician. You make light of it like you're, were you really bullied growing up about this in St. Louis? I wouldn't say bullied i was maybe i was like an outlier a bit i was kind of like on the fringe i was, I was a click hopper i wasn't like kind of like 
you know, these are my boys. It was more of like, oh, hey, Justin, come on over. Show us, uh, show us a trick, you know? Okay, oh. cool. Cool trick. All right. Well, <laughs> I'm in class now, but bye. You know, it was kind of like that. Huh. But um, but it allowed you to travel in between social worlds. Very much. And I think what was helpful is that I was kind of the only magician in my high school. That's when I really kind of started to really flourish as a magician. Like I was, you know, I wasn't in the closet as a magician. Maybe in junior high, I was a little more insecure about it. But, uh, but because I was the only magician in my high school, like it was very much like a special thing, which I think you don't really get with other, you know, other pastimes. I mean, if you're in the, if you're, if you're the star of the football team, you're still one of 30 people who are on the football team, you know, like all these other team sports, you're kind of, even when you're the hot shot, you're still not the only one who's doing that. So it kind of, I think helped, helped a, a little bit. It could backfire. I mean, when you're the only one that is fodder for getting bullied, but but I was lucky. Well, no, I'm glad. I'm glad to hear it. And and I ask this because I notice now a lot. Like you go back to birthday parties and you love working with the kids still. Which you know, there's a lot of magicians that would just leave that behind and say, no, no, no. Now I do big shows and I'm and you know. But no, you you're very much connected with the kid inside magic as well. Yeah, you know, Fair and I think we made like when we made season one of Magic for Humans, I did not think I was making a show that people would let their kids watch, you know, like, and then in the end it was like, well, for the most part, this show's like PG except for like six little moments or jokes throughout the show. Right. You know, like in this episode, you know, the sixth episode, this love episode, we did a, a segment with, uh, you know, guys who were into puppy play, dressing up as puppies and yes. having someone else be their master and going out and walking on a leash, which, you know, parents maybe have requested that they didn't have to explain it to their six-year-old, but thanks to me, they did. But there's something about magic that I think just invites like that childlike wonder and people, parents want to watch that with the kids. Like it would feel weird to watch a magic show that your kids can't watch. So then I kind of skewed things back to like a, you know, it's a little bit for, it's, it's for everybody. You know, I always hated the phrase all ages, but I feel like right. I kind of have come around to that now because I, you know, it's hard to do something that's fun for all ages. It's hard to do a show that satisfies everybody yeah. while making everybody think the show is for them, you know? So that's kind of, that's where I've landed now. So, Oh no. Oh no, no, no. I'm, I'm early. I just, <laughs> well, I early. wanted to, I, I want to get into uh, a little bit of this, uh, yes. you know, the, the, the live show and the zoom show. So oh, yeah. you've, you've done a couple of these now already, right? I've done about 15 or 20 of them now. Yeah. So you, and you're doing them, Every Saturday? Is that how it's working, basically? I'm kind of pacing it. I did a bunch in August, September, October, and then I wrote a brand new show for Halloween weekend, which was a blast, and, like, uh, a stupid mental load to put on myself to write music. <laughs> and then I'm doing a show this weekend for Thanksgiving weekend, and then I'm writing a brand new show for Christmas. It's oh, kind wow. of become, like, this addiction of mine, because I think I'm so... Like, I've been doing, doing shows in front of live audiences since I was, like, 14, Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until the beginning of this lockdown that I realized, like, I took for granted how much my own mental and emotional stability is uh, medicated by performing, <laughs> right. you know? Yeah. Like, I'm always, it's just kind of a routine, you know? My life is balanced in, I'm home, I'm happy, and then, oh, got to prep for a trip, I'm traveling, I'm doing my show, I'm filling my soul, and then I'm traveling back, and it was just my routine. So not doing that kind of made me oh. weird. As a... So, as a as a as a person who runs a podcast network filled with comedians, including the lovely Sklar brothers, yep. I have heard uh, I've heard this a few times um, mm. from a lot of people, like where this 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 need to kind of get in front of people and, and just part of that routine. That's that's the biggest part that's missing for a lot of people, and was a real hard one to fill. And and you know, I had like an offer in July to do a drive-in tour, and mm. I was like, oh, that'd be good to get back on stage. And then I kind of looked into it, and it's you know, you can't even really see the people, you know, you're performing for cars and they're far away. And I was like, I don't, I feel like people would come and be really <laughs> let down. Like, so, so then I started doing, you know, I, I did some TV appearances via zoom to promote the new season of the show. And I couldn't believe how actually like powerful it was and intimate. Like you're really looking into someone's eyes yeah. as if they're right, right here, you know? Okay. And uh, so I wrote a brand new show for that. I do it out of the dining room and it's been, you know, incredible. It's wild because it's, people all over the world. So people who wouldn't end up being able to see me on tour anyway, but parents and kids and grandkids all huddled on the couch together. And it's kind of a, it's, it's heartwarming even before the show starts, just seeing people all around the world, kind of excited to, excited well, and, to have 
Mine's and, love. And now it's got you creating new shows every time, though. Like, you were doing the yeah. same. You, the fairly, you know, you're doing your show. Now it's like, okay, now Halloween. Nope. Now Thanksgiving. Nope. Now Christmas. We're going to just make these all new. So how's that yeah. feel? Like, what- Well, it's because, and I wouldn't be doing mm. that if people weren't coming back. So, you mm. know, like after the first time, there were people were like, when's the next one? Again, is it going to be a new show next week? And I was like, well, no, not next uh. week. But... <laughs> You know, like for Damn. Halloween, we had for Halloween weekend, we had like two thousand people who had already seen the first show. Well, know, that's cool. Back. So I feel now I feel like the obligation to keep keep yeah. throwing you know fuel in the fire. Me and me, me and my daughter have a, a ritual yeah. of going to uh, Benihana every year for Valentine's Day. We go every year. We've gone forever. My wife normally works Valentine's Day, so it's become our kind of tradition. They do the exact same shit every time. Every time it's the little <laughs> chicken and the egg. They spin yeah. it. Same jokes. Same whistling. Same little smoke rings. I come back. I don't care. I, I yeah, love it. You I, can I, get I, away with it. There's, there's, and when you go to see, you know, you go to see Bruce Springsteen. There's certain songs you want to hear, yes. and you heard them a million times. You know, if yep. you go to see uh, Megadeth, it was right. right. <laughs> yeah, you can <laughs> listen to Symphony of Destruction. That's only exactly. Right. You, if they don't, they play, don't play, they play all the new stuff. So, but with Magic, like, there's something about like, what once you know where it's heading, you know. I mean. Cliff, Jason, you might actually enjoy watching it the second time because you're like, okay, now I know where this is headed and I'm mm-hmm. watching a little more analytically and you can respect the things. But for the most part, you know, people don't want to see it coming. They want right. to, right. you know, once you know that uh, that it's going to be a big AirPod, you know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know what you're experience. doing. Exactly. I still don't mind it though. And and what, Jason, I mean, I'm just going to say this, 2,000 people came back as a holiday. I mean, that's... yeah. 2,000 people on, imagine doing a 2,000 person Zoom. And you, is it true you didn't really know anything about these cameras and everything that you got set up there? I, with all- I did not. I mean, I learned it all. I very much like in making like the Netflix shows have kind of like let the people who do those things do it. You know, like when we're yeah. editing, I kind of like through osmosis learn a little bit of what looks and sounds good. But for the most part, I just kind of figured it out. So now I'm kind of here, you know, <laughs> in my dining room. I'm here. Yes. I got, I got toys and buttons. Don't uh, don't start doing all that stuff because then Cliff's gonna be like, "Why don't I get buttons?" Yeah, why don't I cameras? have that? <laughs> Cliff, every <laughs> time. It's bad enough when I got him decks. his own soundboard. Stream decks. Uh-oh. Ooh. Uh-oh. Oh, oh, oh man. Oh, oh man. Now that's just more money that? I got to spend. Talk about <laughs> out of pocket. Like, but do you see this? This is what I'm saying. And and it's I I don't want to get this wrong, but I feel like when I read how much is the ticket like twenty dollars? Is it something that twenty five twenty five bucks? Yeah, that's it. That's it. For the whole that's, household. That's what I'm saying. That's nothing. That's $25. Yeah. I see people, there's six, eight people sitting watching the show. I mean, you know, that's three bucks a person. It's true. Yeah. I mean, listen. I this feel, is t- listen, it's a hard year. It's a hard year. So <laughs> it's, uh, I kind of was like, let me go for the quality and quantity, uh, you know, mindset. This is working. So we have one coming up on Saturday. Come One coming up on Saturday, 4 p.m., a little Thanksgiving hangover cure. Pacific and then. And then I'm going to write a write a new show because I said I would for uh, for Christmas. So December 20th, that whole weekend, we'll do some shows. I'm sure you'll see my son in an elf hat. And well, I'm going to be there. I'm going to be. Yeah, I'm going to be at the. Yeah, I'm going to. I'm going to drop. 100%. We have a family Zoom scheduled for Saturday that I'm going to sneak out of and tell them I'm really busy, so I can come watch yours. Is that an ongoing regular family Zoom? Yes, there is an ongoing yeah. family Zoom. Have you guys missed a Saturday yet? Yes, and I'm <laughs> I'm still paying the price for it. Oh, okay. <laughs> only only I miss them. Everybody else makes them. You just but, need to come to that Zoom with tricks, and they'll it. forgive you. That's what I'm saying you can distract Always. anybody. What were we talking oh, about again? I don't know. Exactly. Well, I don't know. It, I'm I, I I would love to keep you longer. But I know, I, but wait, 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 wait. wait last me. question: What's your yeah. favorite trick? Ooh, what is my favorite trick? I to do it. Okay, my favorite trick is. Uh, well, favorite trick from the TV show is one where we uh, extracted people's NSA chips, their microchips. Yeah. So it was from the technology episode. And I just love this trick because I it, it had kind of been this, um, uh, what's the word? Not a golden goose, but uh, a trick, like a thing. A red you, herring? Uh, red, not a red herring, a different animal metaphor for <laughs> this, this uh, trick that you uh, idealize, but you can't figure out. It's your... Oh, um, Maybe it's Golden Goose. Anyway. Maybe it's your Man of La Mancha. It's your windmill. That's what it is. All right. We'll it, it, we, I tried to 
the idea of like removing people's chips using like psychic surgery, you know, like the amazing Randy would debunk this old psychic surgery was always funny to me, you know, like confirming people's conspiracy theories <laughs> and just couldn't figure out a good method for it. And then, you know, it was like three, four years later. And my buddy suggested, uh, why don't we come up with a way to use a penis pump, but just don't mention it's a penis pump and use it to extract people's chips. And we came up with a way to make it look really real. And I just loved it because I get a message a week, at least, from somebody saying, I've been chipped. Can you help me remove that? <laughs> and that is the perfect note to end this on. Yeah. Justin, I cannot thank you enough for being here. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Best of the family. And yep. check it out. Magic for Humans this uh, Saturday. On yep, Saturday. Saturday. Justin hey, Justinwoman.com slash virtual. Yeah, magicforzoom.com. Magicforzoom.com. I don't have to worry about people misspelling my last name. (laughs) Magicforzoom. Yeah, this is a lot of fun. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Justin. Have a great day. Justin Willman, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. What a nice guy. I know. Don't be mad at me. I had to ask the last. I was saving that question for last. You know what? I let you off a little bit early so we can get right on time. We are right on time. Oh, my God. You did. You tricked me. (laughs) You got to use that that mental. That mental. Magic. That's right. Well done, sir. Well done. And the only thing that could be better than watching this show this Saturday is what I'm going to be watching it in. I'm going to be watching it in underpants only. <laughs> no lounge. I ordered new loungewear. Oh yeah, you could wear it in loungewear too. I'm going to get some like loungewear fancy Zoom. up. I like to be in a Zoom. Um, I like that. I like to go Bert Kreischer style. <laughs> no shirt and undies. Just undies and jeans. Like I don't want to wear jeans any other time as long as I'm unless I'm not wearing a shirt. What do you figure? Speaking of bears hibernating, Bert exactly. Kreischer. Exactly, Bert Kreischer. <laughs> I um I got this new game on my um on my Xbox called uh I don't even remember what it's called. It's like Pulsar or something. But you create your own DJ and you dance and you make remixes. I talked about it on that show. Yes. But my DJ is named DJ Hot Pants, and DJ Hot Pants just wears me undies and a pair of short shorts. That's all I wear to magic shows, uh, to gatherings. To magic shows, the gatherings, magic together. <laughs> um, but yeah, well I, I mean, that's the, you want to. That's what, the only place that can make my white rabbit disappear. <laughs> pair of me undies. Yo, by the way, did you think of these things like yesterday or something? Because these are very good. No, this is all. This is all up here. This is all. These mental. are these are very good. You're you're getting better and better and better. <laughs> and by the way, just like me undies, they got stuff for your dog. You can match with your dog. I mean, listen, if you're matching with your dog, I really hope you're happily married. Yep, match your dog to your hog. <laughs> Yeah. Boom. <laughs> okay, you see, he's there. You're in a roll, dude. Just keep it. By the way, you get free shipping. And and I'm telling you, this Black Friday thing, you don't want to, first of all, we're all staying in. We're yeah. only going to, so, so we're all stuck at home. Just Black Friday, sit on your computer, order some memberships, order some loungewear, get something for your friend's dog. You know, that girl you like who's got a little chihuahua that barks incessantly, get him something. It'll yeah. be, it'll be the best gift you ever, you ever got. And get something for yourself because you, you should treat yourself nice. You should treat yourself to some nice meandies. It's, it's, it's that time of year where, you know, you're going to need to be comfy. Look at these people. Look how happy they are. If you can't see, you just can see some people of all ages of all and and, and canines and humans alike enjoying meandies together. All you have to do is go to meandies.com. Use offer code stock and you're there. You're there. 15% off free shipping. That's right. And, um, you know, if you don't like them, they keep them and get your money back, but you'll love them. So it doesn't matter. Yeah. And they will give you your money back. Then no questions. That's it. That's it. But you won't do that. No one's ever done that. No, no. Some people have done it just for fun. Some people may have. Just a Karen. Just a Karen. Magic for Susans. Yeah, but um, I mean, he's turning Karens into cool now. Yeah, I know, right? He's doing magic for Karens and because he has people that he likes that are Karens. Oh, yeah. And he doesn't feel it's fair. No, he's, he's a good dude. I, yeah, I, he's very funny. Fair. Very funny. Oh, my God. Oh, I forgot to tell him if he needed a beta tester, you know, for these <laughs> tricks. Hey, Justin, you need a beta tester for your tricks because I know you do. Get all my information is available via Jason or whatever. Just, just you know, <laughs> I'm easy to find, dude. Oh, he's uh, yeah, <laughs> oh. absolutely. Dude, that trick, first of all, Dave Mustaine. I mean, I might have said Gloria Stefan, but you know, if I said Gloria Stefan, it would have been on there. You're just trying to think of the weirdest name. Yeah, I was just trying to think of a random name, like just yeah. give him the most random things. I mean- He's not going to get any of that stuff. None of that stuff's going to come up. None of that stuff was ever. He wouldn't know that I'm pulling a reference from his show from last season. How the hell would this guy know that? Exactly. Exactly. And he just did that in like two seconds. Uh, That and the big ear pod. He took that little ear pod, moved his hand away. 
you never lost sight of his hand. It was back here. He pulls it all the way up and it's like, you, I can't do it. I cannot do it. But I am still, I'm like, ooh. Oh no, I, I mean, <laughs> these guys, um, it's, and he is at the top of his class. We still have a video camera. Like, I'm from Reno, mm-hmm. right? So um, there are... They're not like, we're not like, we're not maggoty with magicians, but we have a fair, a, a larger share of magicians than probably other cities, considering <laughs> the location and, and what's maggoty. available. We have more jobs, you know? Yeah. It's lousy <laughs> with magicians. I wouldn't say that, but there are more there than there are in the average city. Right. Um, but that we were, at, we were, <laughs> we were. A great term. Seriously, you are on a roll today. I'm stopping you just to say that again. And I don't give out empty compliments. I'm not like an empty valise. Go on. But we were at a Denny's like two in the morning and there was a, uh, well, it was, he was obviously a magician because his girlfriend was way too hot for him. Uh, Always. Magicians, it doesn't matter how you look, you're getting the hottest girl in the world. Claudia Schiffer. It's a. Oh, oh, but he started doing magic for us while we were standing there and it just got progressively better. And he actually asked us to videotape it while I was doing it. Um, and this is like pre phones. This is like with a, like a little eight, you know, little oh, really? uh, camera, you yeah, know, yeah, like the super eight tape, ones, the, like yeah. a super eight camera, yeah. like a, you know, like a $400 or $500. Like, of course you had one handy cam. Oh yeah. Cause we used You've to always around. been a tech guy. Yeah. Well, and, oh, and also we've all, we were, we were trying to make movies. Um, but Boom. we recorded it and we were drunk and we watched him take a quarter and turned it from a regular size quarter into a quarter this big, like, like before eyes with one hand and we, we rewound it and rewound it and tried to figure out where it cha- never, never figured out. He asked us like, get closer, get closer. See if you can do it. Nothing, nothing. Love it. it, it I love my mind being blown. This like I saying. know that there's a reason for it, but it doesn't matter. It's magic. I don't care what the reason is. I, I love that you know what the reason is and I'm never going to know. That's right. And I get to walk around going, that was phenomenal. Yep. I love and it. And I'm still thinking about the, the luggage tag. And yep. let me tell you something. I don't want to say anything while he's doing it, but, you know, since we watched that Zoom, uh, Magic for Zoom, he has that luggage tag on the, and he, he's talked a little about it in the show, but he didn't do, I didn't see a trick with it. And, I was like, oh, I know the luggage tag. I know it's from Magic for Zoom. I'm like, and then how many things could freaking be written on there, Jason? Oh, I know. It's incredible. It's I said incredible. epistemology. I mean, the study of philosophy. Ooh, I mean, he didn't even know who Dave Mustaine was. No, He's he didn't even realize that's a reference. He is like, oh, wait, is that a reference for my thing? I'm like, yeah. I know. It's awesome. All right. So I have a couple news things I want to talk to you thank about. Thank you, Nancy. Right. Go. Yes. Thank you, Nancy. Thank you, Aunt Vivi. Happy Thanksgiving to oh, you that's all. Aunt Vivi. Happy, happy Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. And to all, all right. our stuck at homies, happy early Thanksgiving. Right. Happy early Thanksgiving. So, um, so Dave Chappelle. My favorite. Your favorite. He was on SNL. He talked a little bit about this, that um, HBO Max and Netflix both are showing the Chappelle show um, for free, and he's not getting paid. All right? So, I was kidding, but now that I... Oh, my God. Right. Well, he talked about it a little bit. And then... And so... Um, a couple days ago, or actually today we had this released, um, Dave Chappelle uh, on his Instagram, and you can watch it, it's about 20 minutes long, tells us the story of kind of him growing up, uh, and he talks about how when he was first there, he talks about uh, a comedian who stole one of his jokes and kind of intimidated him in doing it, also because he was 14 when it happened. He talks about being 18 and having something similar happen to him. And then he talks about signing his deal with Comedy Central for the Chappelle show, leaving, that he didn't get paid very much for it. And he didn't get paid at all when he left that, you know, that big 300 million thing never actually came out because he never, you know, because he left. Well, he turned it down. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Well, he finished half that season. Um, But he turned down 300 million. Yeah, yeah. He, right. Well, but he, I don't think he got paid. According to this, and I, I don't want to get too far into that part because that's not the important part. Yeah, yeah, part. go, go, go. Um, is uh, that he just basically said, I didn't get paid when I left. You know, they they took it. Um, then it appeared on, you know, and that's he, then he appeared on Comedy Central, or then it appeared on CBS All Access, and then HBO Max, and then Netflix. Well, through this whole process, um, he said that it, you know, made him feel real bad, feel like he's kind of getting ripped off and, and, and that he learned like that he needs to get paid. And he talks a little bit, he has this long kind of conversation about three card money and kind of compares it to what uh, Viacom and Comedy Central did to him because uh, specifically, uh, you know, he said like, you know, everybody that was watching this three card Monty game that he was, he, he participated in, he thought everybody was 
watching, but he was actually didn't realize that everybody the surrounding this guy was actually their friends and they were faking it too, to make him make a bad decision to play the game. Um, and basically goes through all this, this, this conversation. And basically at the end of it, he goes, Hey, listen, I'm, I asked, I felt bad. I asked Netflix to take it down because it made me feel bad and I wasn't getting paid and Netflix agreed. And Netflix is Netflix is taking it down. Um, and he also basically the end says, you don't have to boycott HBO max. You don't have to boycott anything, but I'm asking you to boycott watching my show until I get paid. And done. Yeah. Done. Right. Done. I just wanted to talk to you and I wanted to ask you because specifically, you know, how these kind of contracts work in one way or another. So, you know, you have a show as big a hit as this, you have a company like comedy central, what kind of con like, cause I always assumed like there was some sort of syndication deal or something that would allow people, but can you talk to me, especially like you're talking early two thousands, how this kind of, how these kind of deals are structured? Well, I mean, every, honestly, they're all, they're all different. Now, if he's the creator of this show and there's a syndication deal, he 1000% would be a part of that mm-hmm. money. He, his royalties are a part of those sales. And every time they resell the syndication, a new syndication, right? You know, it's the way you see, like it's like you said, like a Chappelle show on HBO Max, boom, they got a syndication sale. On Netflix, boom, they get a syndication sale. I mean, so he now should this, be seeing money now, from all of that. He's a creator of the show with the other guy. Now, knowing that there were no streaming situations back then, is this what is this the loophole they're using? Like they'd pay him if it was on Comedy Central, but because it's HBO Max, it's a streaming service. Netflix is a streaming service. Were those kind of deals put in there? Like, does it matter? Not in 2000, um, you know, but this is, it has to be adjusted for, I mean, listen, you know, if they, if he takes them to court, he's going to win, you yeah. know? And, and here's the thing for a guy like Dave Chappelle, the optics, you know, for HBO max or Netflix are terrible if they don't just do what he wants. Right. Well, on Netflix, you know, he's obviously done a lot of specials for Netflix. They got, they're embedded very, that very, guy so deep. Yeah. And they were very much the minute he said, take it down. Boom. They took it down. It's the but, same you know, Tom Cruise as said, if you uh, air to Paramount, when, when uh, one of the big MIs was coming out, like two or three, mm-hmm. said if you air the Scientology episode on Comedy Central, another Comedy Central thing, said to Paramount, I won't do any press for the new MI. And that's why it didn't come out on the season, that Scientology episode. So you see this time and again. So th- in this situation, you know, that was terrible. And censorship. And in this situation, Dave Chappelle is a thousand percent correct. And applause to Netflix for doing the right thing. Because that is the right thing. And if there is no, if there is no, which in 2000 or 99, there's no stream. They, they wouldn't even know how to write for that. But legalese has to be malleable. It has to be fluid. Mm-hmm. And if HBO Max wants to stick uh, a fight with this guy, they're going to lose. Right. For sure. Well, it seems like obviously well, not HBO Max, Comedy Central. Well, it seems like you know, at least from this standpoint, he's got the lawyers that if he wanted to get it shut down, he could get it shut down. So that whatever yeah. been written in there is, sounds like it's pretty airtight, at least for now. He's got you know, but he's going a different direction. I think, I think what'll happen is people decide to like take it down. I think that what he kind of seemed to call indicate was if people will just pay me for my show and stop playing it without my permission, I'll make more. Like that's his. Which I think is the most brilliant way to um, do this. It's kind of like, I'll make more if you guys stop taking it away from me. Yeah, it would be reasonable what he's asking. Mm-hmm. And he'd make another Chappelle show if everyone would treat him right. And, you know, again, it, you see this with, with, with Dave a lot. Um, he is all about humanity. This guy is all about doing the right thing. Always, across the board, in every bit of his comedy, in everything he talks about, it's about doing the right thing to each other, for each other as humans. So he's not going the court route. He's going, hey, be a nice guy, be a nice human, and take the shit down. And I would wonder if HBO Max is going to, I imagine they would, they're pretty cool. Yeah, I I mean... HBO Max, well, you never know. I mean, one of the things he has a big problem with HBO that he explains in there was like he presented this show to uh, HBO back in the day and HBO pretty much laughed him out of the room. Oh, I didn't Uh, say HBO. I said HBO Max. HBO. (laughs) Oh, I can't. I mean, the worst, the worst. And by the way, don't get me started on HBO and the, you know, just because they have now diverse shows. That's, uh don't get me started, man. They had to evolve into that. Uh, evolve. It had to. It had to be a fucking wrecking ball. 
I mean, first and ten was a show about white, a white, an all white football team in, in the eighties. I remember I that. Mean, an all white, I mean, football. T- I mean, maybe there were a couple of black dudes on there. That's it. Right. That was it. Right. HBO's idea of like, we're not racist. <laughs> there were no black dudes in Rome. No. None. I'm just saying, let's, we can continue. Sorry, I'm not, but yes, everything, but this is, this is what is symptomatic of uh, the systematic racism that people talk about. It's built in and we're seeing it even in these kinds of situations. Right. They're not doing the same thing to white creators. Right. Well, he, he says, to be fair, he uh, thinks they he are. would have taken advantage of it. He thinks that he wasn't they necessarily taking advantage because he was black. He just thinks that they would take advantage of anybody that came He's right. that, <laughs> at that age. He I'm likes, wrong. He's, he's, like, right. he's very optimistic. He's very... Um, he's the best. He's, uh, he's very race forward on that side of this whole thing. But it's uh, it's definitely a good thing. If you have a chance, I would, I would take a listen. It's not, again, it's probably not the funniest 18 minutes, but it's a very compelling 18 minutes of... Uh, where do uh, we find uh, it? Chappelle. It's on uh, Dave Chappelle's Instagram where he tells okay. the story. Uh, it's really, really good. Fantastic. I'm definitely going to watch that. Anything that guy talks about, I'm usually fascinated and always learn something. So, um, yeah. And and by the way, so that's it. Don't watch Chappelle's show on HBO Max her, until they take it down. Per Dave Chappelle, please yes. do not watch it. If you've bought it, whatever, but please don't watch it on HBO Max um, until he says it's okay. He says, right. please boycott him. Um, <laughs> I wanted to bring up this other piece of news because I had a it, just a really bit of a question. So, we got- are still doing um you know are still doing uh uh not rehearsals they're they're still trying out for for movies they're still trying to get parts they're still going to these little uh tryouts so this is a this is a silly one so this is an interesting one so there's a there's an actor named lucas gage he is on euphoria the nicest guy by the way this guy and he's a kid he's a kid and he's a great looking kid he's a kid he's talented and he's a kid and sweet as hell. Yeah, and sweet kid. So he goes in for a tryout for a, for a movie with. I can't a, stop thinking about this, Jason. I'm sorry. I just it, it affected me all night. Go on. Oh, it did. Okay, so yeah. we'll, we'll get we'll get through this. No, but go ahead, please. So he goes and he's doing a tryout. He's got a fairly big director on the other side, TV director specifically, but a big big name who's English done white of, dude. English white dude. And while he is doing it, the uh, the director doesn't have the mute button on and talks about how his apartment's shitty. And it's how these poor, how do poor people live in these tiny apartments? And like his background, there's the TV there. And, uh, and he's basically oh. insulting this poor kid's house. This poor young new actor. Who's doing very the, well, by the way. And by the way, maybe it, he's saving his money. You no, know, you ever think of that? It'll get, it gets better. Uh, it he's does. in a hotel room. He's in a hotel room on a this. different movie. This isn't even his place. Oh, yes, I love that. I didn't know that part of it at all. Yeah. That's the ultimate fuck you. Yeah, but this guy is ma- basically pissing on his his interview space where he's doing this tryout. Are we going to play and, it? And um, I, won't, I won't play it because I, I will, will, well, I, I, it's really hard to get these things to play, but you can okay. go look at it. Well, but if we're not going to play he, it, go on. Go but on. he basically posted this, showed it, and he he was he was nice. He actually, after it... Um, during it, he 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 interrupted him, trying to let him off the hook, and said, "I know it's a shitty apartment. That's why. Give me a job so I can get a better one. Yeah, give uh, me this job. Give me and this we're job. All good. And he was yeah. funny, and he was so nice and so charming and affable about it. Yeah, yeah, he did. And he posted it, and he didn't tell. He didn't even say this guy's name. He didn't do anything. I'm just curious about this because you've been on both sides of this. Mm-hmm. What you know? Talk to me about this kind of situation. We, where they- we did this on Entourage so many times. You know, we did it in the movie. We did it in the second season. We did drama was always getting pissed at things that people were not paying attention to, and they're on their phones on the. You know, I mean, and and this well, that, has been that great. Uh, and so, sorry to interrupt, but that yeah, Dane Cook, that Dane Cook uh, uh, little short film that we talked about in our very first episode of the Cliff Dorfman show. Yes. there's a lot of that kind of stuff too. That's exactly right. And, and we see this all the time, you know, um, it's not anything, you know, here's the thing. It was usually back before zoom, you know, you turn, lean next to the casting director and whisper like, oh, these poor people in their shitty little apartments. I can't believe it. This is what we have to watch. What Jesus, it makes me so sad, so pathetic. And you're like, oh really? Is it? And you don't hear it. Right? That's how it comes. And with this now, you just have the same assholes, except they're not good with the technology. And they don't have their assistants around, these bourgeois, you know, yeah. 
Yeah, they, well, and, and that to me is what's striking. The confidence to just be that dismissive of somebody, like for no reason, you have no reason to need to say it. You're sitting in a room alone. And if you think you're on mute. Hurtful. Yeah, just, saying, even if like, he doesn't hear you, it's freaking hurtful. Right. But like, who are you talking to? Well, maybe he's talking to his wife or his, yeah, uh, right. you know, his boyfriend or his cousin. Or whoever's there. talking to his personal chef and being like, come here. Yeah. Isn't Fill it pathetic? Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And uh, not to, uh, you know, not to out somebody who uh, is, is being kept secret, but his name's Tristam Shapiro. Um, Help and, that fucker. And he's a veteran TV director. He's directed on Unbreakable's Kimmy Spit, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Never Have I Ever. He finally apologized for it, but at the same time, he also said, I didn't mean poor, like, didn't have money. I meant poor, like, sad, like, and he didn't oh, say that's better. Like, like, the, like the way all of a twist is poor, because, you know. Um, is but, this guy kidding me? I mean, uh, are you, wait, say his say name it, again. Uh, it is Tristam. Yeah. With an M, T R I S T R I T R A M, Tristram, Tristram Shapiro, S H A P E E R O. Two Tristram things to say. Shapiro is the dog I want next. I want to get a Tristram Shapiro for my house. First of all, being a Jew, you this is the type of shit why people don't like us because you're an <laughs> asshole. Second of all, with the name like Tristram, Tristram, he Tristram. should go hang out with Joss because they're, obviously they're forgetting letters on each person's name and adding letters. I mean, you know, you're forgetting H's, adding S's, you're adding R's where they don't need R's. If you have a name like Tristram. Shapiro and this guy by the way how is he not fired how is this yeah. guy not canceled I mean it will I mean you know this is one of those things that uh, you know where it's definitely going to go around I think that he had to apologize before somebody did something but that's bad. not an apology I know well he did he did offer after after he tried to explain it away that way which he did for TMZ he did say first and foremost I offer uh, this was a second apology yeah, not sincere, first and I, foremost <laughs> Second and because second and kind of because I have to a sincere and unvarnished apology for my offensive words, my unprofessional behavior during the audition, and for not giving him the focus and attention he deserved. My job is to evaluate performers against the part I am trying to cast. Lucas deserved better. Yes, he does, and I hope somebody else gives him a much better part than whatever the fuck Tristram is working. Tristram is what I take, so I don't barf on a boat. yeah, to avoid seasickness, <laughs> like drama me and Tristram. This is really, but I got to tell you, I, I mean, I don't want to spend the necessary amount of time. We're almost out of it. Yeah, three but, minutes, spend it. I mean, I got to tell you, I was very affected by this last night because it's it's so it's so mean. Here's the thing: like, put everything else aside, right? You know, it has to come from a a very deep, real part of yourself to say something like that. But let's put it aside that you said it. And this is what really got to me. It made me so sad. It didn't make me angry. It made me so sad that someone had so little compassion, no matter that he doesn't know. This guy's still, he's at a movie set. He's bawling. You know, right. he's sitting in a hotel. It's probably somewhere pretty cool. And doing something more exciting than what that dude's doing and what we're doing. Meanwhile, he doesn't know that. And that's, and I didn't know that until today. And it made me so sad, Jace, that someone was like, okay, I'm going to now in the a pandemic, in the worst time where everyone's struggling, suicide rates are up, you know, you have all this stuff going on. I'm going to go pick on. It's like like literally candy from a baby kind of thing and then spitting on the baby. And I was like, is this where people are at? Like, because I can't imagine, like, I want to give people money if I can. I want to do anything. Like, and I, I could not stop thinking that this kind of belief permeates maybe a lot more people out there than I wish to think about that it does. Oh, you know. I, I, I think you're right. And that's, well, I mean, that's part of the problem, right? It's part of the problem and with our business too. It's a part of the problem with our business, but it's part of the problem overall that we are, you know, we, we, we've talked about this a little and I, I don't want to end on a downer. I want to end on no, a no, really no. supportive thing is that as a community, as a family, as a world, as whatever we are as, as stuck at homies, but also as, as, as homies stuck together all the way around, mm-hmm. like these are the people that are ruining our ability to do this. These are the same people that aren't wearing masks. These are the same people that don't, that, that will, you know, and I'm going to say this, uh, this is not a, this is not a political thing. There are people that I would say align with me very politically that decide that they don't really have to do what they say they need to do. They'll go get their hair done. They'll have, they'll go out to fancy dinners at places that, that, uh, would potentially put people at risk. They'll bring their parents over to, uh, to a thing. 
it's everybody who's decided that they don't need to, they, they, they need everybody else to follow the rules, but they don't need to, um, that creates this, this self-importance. It's the same reason we have, uh, it's the same reason we have, uh, traffic jams because if everybody just went the same speed, everything would be fine. It's because one asshole needs to drive faster than everybody and a whole bunch of assholes need to also do it with them that cause the, cause the, cause the jams. And, if we can, if we could figure out just a way to just respect everybody together a little bit more, like I think that our stuck at homies do, uh, we just end up in a better place. And uh, if we could do that more, that would just that would oh, that's all I want for Thanksgiving. If we can also yes, and I'm with you, and 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 just to add, admit our culpability in it. That's what you know. Chappelle talks about it. That's how apartheid went away. Everyone admitted their corruption. Yep. Everyone's got to admit their culpability and everything that's going on, and then we can just be nicer to each other. And on that note, by the way, I was just thinking, and we'll, we can end on this maybe, is about Justin Willman. Yeah. Is, you know what? He's so smart. He thought of a trick that's audio and visual. I know, right? Yeah, I just thought Pretty of Pretty incredible, right? He did, a, he did a trick that you could actually see happen audio audiologically. Yes, exactly. And on that note, then, we want to wish everyone a beautiful, happy uh, holiday, and we will see you after uh, it is over on the next Monday, right? That's, That's what it is. That's right. All right. So Monday. everyone, stay safe, stay sane, stay strong. Jason Smith. Cliff Dorfman, I love you, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs>